0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show.
1: We make our way back to the land of Scotland. Which region will we discuss today? All of them, I guess. Uh, we'll be talking about blended scotch. And does that mean we're talking about an inferior product? No. But we'll get into that. And maybe a little bit more. So relax and grab a scotch or two, maybe Put them together and join us as we have a drink.
0: Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hi, Hi everybody. everybody. Got it that time. <laughs> Casey, <laughs> you don't sound like you're at home.
1: I never sound like I'm at home. <laughs> okay, um, that's
3: fair. Home is where uh, the beer is.
1: That's right. And today, it's scotch, so... Uh, scotch is just
3: fancier beer. Beer that took longer.
1: Beer that... That you distill and put in a barrel. Pretty much, actually. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. Um, like, well, we'll get into that a little bit. But yes, I am out <laughs> in the woods currently. So I am on a cellular device. Casey's dedication.
3: Uh, kind of cool. Sorry, I'm picturing like an amoeba. <laughs> and like, it's like, oh, yeah. And right here is the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I am plugged into a jackery, like as a secondary power source.
2: I was gonna so, say, I hope you have something else to for a battery backup.
1: As a man with a CPAP machine, you gotta have battery power. Uh,
3: <laughs> <airplane>. Small <laughs> bicycle generator. So those Ooh, kids are goodness. good for. That would kill you.
0: What's the one that we have? The the stove that charges stuff.
3: Um. Oh yeah.
2: I don't yeah. remember. Uh, oh geez. It's. It's though ours is like gonna make me nuts. Four years old, like the biolite. Yeah, 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 biolite. Ours was like the the V the very first. Well, I think the V two because it was the one right after it was a Mm. um ah,
3: camera. Was that was that was that stove like was that stove charger ready to like take on you know fly to London and (laughs) bomb it? (laughs) No, I mean version one and version two. Jesus, they have yeah, a fire pit Version now. one yeah. and version two of the rocket. What <laughs> what else did you have, Werner von Braun?
2: <laughs> but no, it, I was gonna yeah. say the new versions of it. I've seen they're like crazy. They just have like a fire pit one. And I'm just like that's oh, yeah. awesome. But ours like yeah. our it, it smoked more than it burned. Even with the fuel that it came like the little pellets, it really just created a crazy amount of smoke.
0: But it did charge your device.
3: (laughs) I'm I'm just thinking of it just sitting like instead of it like producing smoke, it's just a small device that you put a cigarette into and it just goes.
2: (laughs) Well, for us, it would have been something. It was problematic when we were in Yellowstone because one, it was cold. We and we (laughs) needed hot food. It was cold, and we had burned like every calorie in our bodies almost, and. We're like we need something warm to eat, and we need it now. Problem is, we were camping in a no-fire zone because it was in a burnout zone. There had been a fire there like a decade ago, and all the vegetation was just starting to grow back. But there's still all kinds of deadfall around. So, and then we're in there. I was like, we're we're doing a fire in this thing. Like we're not doing it. it's not an open fire. I was like, we're we're gonna do this to cook, and it's producing so much smoke. And I'm just like. I do not want Rangers to walk <laughs> up on us in here and reprimand us. <laughs> so it's was like, it, we got a, a pot of water to boil, and I was like, it's good enough. <laughs> we'll pour it and we'll we do our coffee. bag dinners. Yeah. Mm, yeah.
3: Uh, so uh, camping, Casey.
2: Indeed. Out in the woods, it's teaching the kids.
3: Difference between blended and single malt Scotch, like nature intended.
1: I mean, if you had to pick one drink to be the camping drink, I certainly wouldn't <laughs> pick blended Scotch. i would probably pick you'd, Isla. Scotch yeah,
2: you pick an Isla.
0: <laughs> something that seems campfire like. Good, uh, yeah, a good
2: Isla that goes with the the smell of campfire. You know, so it could taste good with s'mores, honestly.
3: It. I was going to say yeah, you're sipping that, you're eating this s'mores, you're going to have a nice char flavor too, you will you'll not know where one starts and the other stops.
0: It's it's the perfect scenario.
2: Look, I love camping. It's just the when you get home after you've been camping and you just smell like dirt, body odor and a campfire. <laughs> and it finally hits you in that wave when you get like you walk into your clean home and you're like I'm disgusting. <laughs> oh, you're like I'm disgusting. When you were just like reveling in it a few hours before you're just like, Oh, this is so great. And then you get home, you're like, ugh.
0: Yeah. This we're this in technically one's awesome. Sorry.
1: <laughs> we're in technically a no alcohol uh campground forest area. But Ever. I, I drove past another campsite a couple hours ago and they were college kids out playing beer pong with the uh, Bud Light cooler. So
2: I was going to say, they're all technically, like if you're at a campground, they're pretty much all going to be no alcohol. It's whether or not it's a yeah. forest.
3: Yeah. I mean, my doctor says everything's a no alcohol area, but that's not stopped me.
2: <laughs> I will say, um, alcohol and camping. Being at the campground is safer than just being out, you know, on the public lands <laughs> when you have the rangers who like to, s- they're trying to catch people doing real legal stuff, but you're just there drinking when you're not supposed to be. And here they come with uh, a German shepherd up the creek at 11 o'clock at night. And they just come creeping around the trees, like just into the firelight. And you're just like, I pretty much shit my pants on that. <laughs> yes. Like I've
1: got my my little hatchet here now. If I saw that there was a good chance I would sling it.
3: It is uh didn't need no baba the, well, for for that movement.
2: The better part is all the drugs had already been taken and the one who had taken them we had just brought back to camp because he ran off into the woods <laughs> after eating a crap ton of shrooms. So oh. and then he had like a full on panic attack because he bumped into a rock and he was swearing that it was a giant purple monster wearing a top hat
3: it's fancy grimace and it, it had said something to
2: him and he was freaking out and we had you, just gotten him settled down because this ranger <laughs> like creeping into camp and yeah and he was just like is that you jason Voorhees?" <laughs> and like we're trying to calm him down, like low key. We're like, oh my god, this ranger. We can't know because he was just like, you all really aren't supposed to be drinking out here. And blah blah. We were there to volunteer for the Forest Service the next day, and he was like, since you here to help us. I won't do anything. And he explained the collar system. He's like, when the when the tight collars on, the dog knows to be looking for drugs, and we're all just like, it's a good thing the little collars not on. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all be going uh, to
3: jail. I'm just thinking of uh uh thinking, yeah, I mean, I understand. I've spoken to Fancy Grimace in the past, and <laughs> he says things like uh, "trickle down economics will will work every time."
2: Well, it's still. I think that was the turning point for this particular individual's life because <laughs> after that, like like he was hitting a low point when he met me, and that's why I'm like, well, maybe I'm not the best influence on some people. Mm. Because after that he he got clean and he went to uh, a Christian university and got a full on. I think he was working on his Ph.D. in like uh, biblical archaeology. Unless mm. yeah. I'd heard he had he was actually like headed out to the Middle East. Wow. So I was like, "What well,
1: decision he ever made?"
2: Yeah, like getting away from me. Uh, apparently, I destroy lives. I don't know. <laughs> I like uh, the of idea jambler. of going to the Middle East. <laughs> nope. Alright. Well that was a big aside. It had nothing <laughs> it to was. do with anything else. What's what's everyone else been up to? Sounds about
3: right.
2: Uh, I just burned ten minutes of time.
3: No, you're fine. Uh yeah. Uh things are are, are pretty calm in, in uh in the land of Bob. Just
1: Old time drinking alcohol, and I forgot.
3: To look away. <laughs> I meant to go pick up some. Uh, uh, I had a choice today. It was either buy, uh, buy drinking beer for around the house because I've gone through my case of uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mm. Uh, which, if you're going to get a drinking beer for just having around, that's a good. Especially with it being summer, I was like, this, this is nice. Uh, <laughs> The other option uh, was to buy scotch for today's episode because this was all the blended scotch I had left of my bottle of Monkey Shoulder. Wow, that 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 weren't going to do it. Slim pickings. That's that's, that's going to get finished tonight, but uh, not right now. So scotch went out. Yeah, you know,
1: in in trying to pick out a uh, drink, I almost well I did forget Monkey Shoulder until it started writing the episode and was already here. Oh. I,
3: I saw some there. I almost grabbed another, uh, grabbed a bottle, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grab something different. Try, try, try a new thing. Uh, which now that I remember, I had this little bit left. I can do a side by side later. So we'll see how that goes.
2: It's this is going to be a, I don't know. I, I already hit the high point of the day. I gotta say, uh, our uh, Scotch guru stopped by and uh, had to share some. Cask strength Lager With us,
3: <laughs> Ooh.
2: it tasted like Ooh. bacon, but like in a really good way. But not in a Dark
3: Lord kind of way. I see. You said it tasted like bacon, and that's, Casey, that's, all I could think of yeah. was hooch. <laughs> this was went...
1: her, well when she said tastes like bacon in a good way. I'm thinking that's there's no bad way. No, there is then, Roush
0: the hooch, beer and yeah. Bob is what I was. I was like. I, that's why I had to be like, well, but you know, not the the ham problem that Bob. No, uh, the better
2: thing. So not because it, it was like burnt. So I'd say the best thing to say would be like burnt brisket ends. Yeah, that's yeah. what oh. it,
3: it tasted like on yeah. the back. And it was
2: it was really good. Just
3: fine. Yep. I didn't get to try any of that, but I'm just saying, like brisket ends are. <laughs> you mm. had me at brisket. <laughs> All right. That's that's a true romantic comedy right there. Had <laughs> me brisket.
0: Takes place in Texas, and <laughs> okay,
2: Um. So yeah, well, we have.
3: Uh...
2: We've not been up to anything on in this household really. Uh, yeah. took took the young to the uh, the woods. Not really as intense as Casey's taking his to the woods, <laughs> but
3: took him to a production of End of the Woods. <laughs>
2: Took him to a nature center. He he ran around. He scared turtles. We looked for frogs. Found fish. He tried to feed them sticks. They wanted none of it.
3: Well, yeah, sticks aren't tasty. No,
2: he picked played, up a lot of rocks. He played in a sandbox for like an hour.
3: Yeah. How much? How much cat poop did he find?
2: Maybe one good turd. I don't know. He was. He kept saying he was finding rocks while playing in there. <laughs> And,
3: um, Found a rock. That's a hypodermic needle.
2: <laughs> no, and I, I, it was a safe area because it was the You're children's in Cincinnati.
3: Everywhere is a heroin area. Uh I think okay. like, well, heroin's
2: the drug of choice in Cincinnati. Not
3: anymore.
2: No, but uh, it it was a children's play area at the nature center, brought to you by Jungle Gems. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, oh. I'm pretty well thinking Should've... like well it's going to be safe in there he's just going to be finding like spicy beef jerky and like weird fermenting <laughs> vegetables in jars
3: there should have been a jerky designed jungle gym
2: <laughs> right but no Brought it's, it's like all... jungle gym it's an like it's, a... it's an all natural like kids i don't know it's a think of a safe production of the forest so there's a Man made creek in it, but it's like it's literally a creek bed, but it's water pumped with a pump in. Like it's clean water that comes in, and they it's the whole thing's like fine netted, so there's no maybe some small animals can get in, but that's it. And then there's just like a big mud pit, <laughs> like you, kids can go play in the mud. Here's a sand pit, a mud pit, they can play in the creek. There's a field, let them run and be free. <laughs> There's also a sign that says parents must stay in gated area while children are playing.
3: Just, sorry, I'm just picturing you all just kind of standing around. "Uh, uh," The children just frolic.
2: Only They're moving in herds. They They do move in 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 herds. herds. (laughs) (laughs) No way, we weren't going there. Picturing Uh, four-year-olds running through a field, well... While John yeah. Williams' music s- <laughs> swells. Na-na-na-na-na-na.
3: All alright Well, I uh, believe we may have a topic to discuss. Or did we have any announcements Live. before we move on there?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Not yet, anyway.
3: Not yet? No. Outside of uh, maybe... We mentioned last time, if you have the means have the inclination... Yes. Go look up how to donate money towards uh mm, yes. towards East Kentucky flood relief. But uh, uh other than that.
0: Uh news will be coming, but we need Ooh. we need to finalize details.
2: Um yes, we need to finalize details, but we can say do did we mention it last time that uh Running of the Wieners has been mashed into officially part of the fest?
3: I believe so, yeah. Okay, taking place so, that Friday. We will be I I have the day off. I'm gonna watch me some wiener dogs.
1: Yeah. There are so many beer festivals I got to be at that weekend.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I mean it's it's the time of year. It is. Okay. All right.
1: Well. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy Scotch Scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm.
3: Every time we do that intro, I do the same little dance and same little scotch drink. Uh. So, today we are talking about blended scotch. Uh, as we continue on our tour de scotch. Uh, while not uh, a region, per se, uh, they are a style that has definitely seen its ups and downs. Uh, blended scotches today get a bad rap. Uh, <clears throat> pardon. Uh, they are seen as the bo- uh, as the bottom shelf by most consumers and establishments alike. That's uh, not always been the case, though. In fact, blended scotch makes up around 90% of the scotch whiskey sold each year. Uh, I have to imagine a substantial chunk of that is Johnny Walker, as they uh, <laughs> they have their branding game on point.
2: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't get into it more later, but I, we have a friend who has very much changed my perception on blended scotch.
3: You know, that's the thing. Like, I'm... I, I started scotch drinking from blended scotch, and I went to a single malt, and went, "Oh, I don't know if I can go back." But you know what? All, all, all drinks have their own place as long as they're not disgusting. Looking at you, Chicha.
2: I was gonna say, as long as they're or, not Bloody Mary. You don't know if it's disgusting. Or Bloody Mary. You've not had the I, Chicha. I,
3: the process to make it is disgusting. I will not. But you don't. It could be delicious. I will, I will not have beer baby birded into my mouth. <laughs> he is a man of principles. <laughs> I don't have many lines I won't cross, but that's one of them. Fermented spit could be delicious. You
2: don't. Oh.
0: Destroyed by. Oh. <laughs> oh. Jesus, <this> <laughs>
1: oh that's the that's the secret to our beer. Is every uh, every batch has a little bit of spit in it.
2: <laughs> you should have someone uh, like a spittoon that you empty into it. Oh. It's
1: like uh, you know, you got the brewmaster, but you also have the spitmaster. <laughs>
3: You guys, to have a new keyboard. I don't want to throw up into it. Uh, anyway, I brought that on myself. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, before, uh, before we dive into the history of blended scotches, let's talk a little bit about what they are. Uh, blended can be used in a couple different ways: uh, the colloquial way and the legal way. When a distillery makes a bottled product, uh, it will not be single barrel product unless it is labeled as such. They will blend blend multiple casks or barrels uh, to make a whiskey that is technically a blend, but does not make the scotch a blended whiskey. This process is done to match a house flavor style and maintain consistency across multiple batches. Uh, especially trained individuals will taste and select each barrel. Uh, and will determine where in the blend it would best fit uh, and see how much to add. Uh, I like to imagine uh, uh, barrel selectors just going up to the side of a barrel, just going, i and just licking it. <laughs> like, hmm. Third place. <laughs> just
2: a big, uh, a big dry lick on the outside. Ugh. Mm-hmm. The splinters.
3: Yeah, the same. It is a uh, uh, specific product, uh, product known to uh, have a light apricot flavor. Uh, maybe the blender finds some casks or barrels that have too much of that flavor, while others have may have none. He or she will blend these to match the ideal version of the whiskey. To define what a blended scotch is, let's talk about the legal requirements, starting with the basics. Scotch whiskey must be uh, at a minimum of 40% uh, 40 uh, ABV in the final bottle. It must contain no more than the uh, whiskey, water, and in some cases, caramel coloring. It must be mashed, fermented with yeast only, and distilled to no more than 94.8% ABV at a distillery in Scotland from water and malted barley. The law also allows for the addition of other grains to still be Scotch whiskey. There's no limit to the amount of each grain that could be added to the mix, however, for the standard uh, of Scotch definition. It's the part where the definition allows for variations of the country's products. Unlike, say, bourbon, which, you know, 51% corn? Something around there? Very specific. The resulting distillate must be matured in Scotland in oak casks no larger than 185 U.S. gallons for at least three years. must also retain color and aroma of the raw materials used in the production and maturation. To us, uh, this uh, this sounds like charcoal filtering process uh, that is used with Jack Daniels is probably out of the question. It we remove both color and flavor and, you know, make an inferior product. Like Jack Daniels.
2: <laughs> Look, it—it's almost—I'm going to say almost a shtick to this point, but it's just—it—it's just a thing of pride for us.
3: Look, it's not our fault. Tennessee likes inferior whiskey. <laughs> you know they're wrong a lot of the time. They yeah. live in Tennessee. <laughs> God bless them. They're trying. Bless their hearts. <laughs> Uh sorry, that's that's regional regional uh, fights just built into my DNA at, at this point.
2: Look, Tennessee might as well be McGoffin County. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's the state equivalent, right?
3: <laughs> They're almost West Virginia. <laughs> uh, there's a pecking order in terms of who gets to make fun of who.
2: And anyone from not from eastern kentucky is going to be like how can eastern kentuckians talk down on anyone else it's like, oh, we, we find can't.
3: a
0: way you're not wrong but also
3: <laughs> uh, uh, elitism uh finds a way <laughs> anyway the definition uh gets stricter uh if we add the term single grain uh, back to Scotch, by the way. Uh, in the case of single grain whiskey, uh, we get Scotch, which is based on malted barley and only one additional grain. This could be a number of uh, other things, but it's usually corn or wheat. Ooh, a good. Yeah, that that wheat can be a nice, mm. nice little thing sometimes. The weeded. Yeah. Anyway, um, they are pot still distilled, uh, and the uh, and the single in this case uh, that is. Uh, made at a single distillery. To further restrict the definition, we have single malt whiskey, which means the scotch uh, in question meets all the uh, standard requirements, plus made at a single distillery, and the mash contains only malted barley. No allowed grain, uh, no additional grains allowed. It must also be distilled in a copper pot still. No column stills are allowed with single malt.
2: I just got... We don't talk about... No yeah. greens allowed.
3: <laughs> See, I was about to say, we don't talk about Scott. Then. <laughs> uh, but we do. Lots. Uh, which, in fact, they talk about Bruno a lot in that song, from what I understand.
2: Yeah, it's just. We don't get where exactly how, but Emmett keeps coming up and, and randomly being like, let's talk about it. Talk about it. He goes,
0: just talk, talk about just
2: it. Just talk about it. And we're like, what do you mean? And he goes, Canto.
3: Talk <laughs> He's about like, it. we have need to have an open dialogue about and about he'll, everyone. He'll else. just say Bruno.
2: Oh, Bruno. And we're like, oh, we need to talk about Bruno. Okay, <laughs> the, the that's essentially the, the whole movie boils down to they needed a family conversation about Bruno. It's like, yeah, you're not wrong
3: because of the the all these extra things with single malt. Uh, this means the scotch gets distilled to a lower ABV uh, and has more flavor components uh, that are retained, which is kind of the reason why when I started single malt, it's hard to go back. I got into flavor country. It was, it was hard to, hard to, hard to leave that place.
2: Well, this different, this differentiates itself. Sorry. It's a tough word when you're drinking scotch <laughs> uh, from something like bourbon, where 51% of the whiskey must be corn and only around 10% of the mash can be barley. This leads to a generic differentiation between bourbon and scotch to mean bourbon has more of a sweet corn flavor and lots of barrel character, while single malt scotch has a drier and maltier flavor and less barrel character due to using second-use barrels.
3: It's true. All the, all the flavor went to the bourbon. <laughs> barrel flavor. Sorry, I want to be specific <laughs> with that. There is a lot of good flavor in, in scotch. It is just generally the malt flavor or peat. <laughs> Uh
2: single single malts are currently the gold standard of most scotch drinkers even if they do only make up 10% of the scotch sold in the world. Really? Wow. Uh they command higher price points and are the largest portion of the high-end scotch market. You can see that part of it. Uh they also are probably the most historical in their creation. That part as well. Uh, Scotch has tax records, which date as far back as 1494. <laughs> and you know what they say, you know, the most uh, accurate record is going to be a tax record. This first record of... <laughs> Depends.
3: <laughs> There's some people who have some very creative tax records.
2: <laughs> this first record of Scotch shows the batch used a little over a ton of barley, which produced about 1,500 bottles of whiskey. These whiskies would probably meet the definition of a single malt by today's standards, since they were based on an agrarian system of producing your own food and drink.
3: <laughs> Sorry, you producing your own food and drink just makes me think too of like, and once again, we're back to the moonshiners. Maybe. Ah, can hear the banjos.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: it's Scotland. They don't have banjos. They have bagpipes trying to picture dueling banjos in a bagpipe no no nothing on a
2: bagpipe no it's very slow and very loud yeah there's
1: i I've, you I've, also don't have enough vocal cords yeah
2: <laughs> I've, it's I've a, told, banjo
1: is a harmonic instrument
2: I've told my story of the being there during the uh piping competition and they they're just like practicing hiding everywhere crouched down in the bushes It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so far we've discussed single malt and single grain whiskey uh, the natural next step of scotch's evolution was likely the start of blending with the move from an agrarian society to a more industrial and urban one in ireland we see a similar move where the irish whiskies produced in the large cities such as dublin were seen as more in style and better than the provincial whiskies made in small towns around the countryside.
3: I don't know. I'm. I, I have to imagine those. There's probably like one or two of those small, like way out of the way, you know, whiskey distilleries in Ireland or Scotland, like the in provincial ones that would be just amazing, but no one's going there. See that's
2: for romanticism. That's the thing people want mm-hmm. now. They want the you know the small distillery out. You know, it's basically the only thing in this little fishing village. Like uh, right. the people there only fish or they make whiskey, and that's that's like it. That's all this town survives on.
3: Ah, it's all I. It's all I'd like to survive on. <laughs> Go out, fish in the morning. Still in the evening.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, some inventive individuals saw this as a business opportunity and would buy up lots of cheaper provincial whiskey and blend it in with the more commercial batches. This is where we would begin to see the blends. These blends would be based on single malt scotches. All these distilleries would be making single malts and if there was an exceptionally good crop year where a small town was able to make more whiskey than it could drink how heresy. how do you do that these businessmen would create a blending business where they would buy at the excess and mix it in a little of the good whiskey this is all
3: I'm, all I'm saying is if you if god has allowed you to have more whiskey in a good year you say thank you may i have another <laughs>
2: This is essentially what is today known as blended malt whiskey. Blended because it is made from multiple distilleries whiskey because it is made with grain and malt because there's only barley in the mix. Uh, brands like Monkey Shoulder and Johnny Walker's Green Label fall into this category. Oh, that Green Label!
3: Mm. I could I could have bought a, a very high, well I could have bought a high end Compass Box blend, Johnny Walker Green, uh, green blend. Or something cheaper today. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, went cheap. If I, was, if
2: I was throwing down the cash, it would have been for that green label. Mm. Uh, blenders would sell their product as a premium and claim that since it is blended, you can have more expressions and flavor than just a single distillery. When talking blended scotches, these blended malts are probably going to be at the top of the list for quality within the blends. But yeah, that's uh, to kind of come around and say it. I, th- I believe blended is going that way because the green label is now showing what whiskeys they sourced and blended into it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I it's, feel it's a- if you do that on the labels, it's giving giving the blend more of a pedigree.
3: Yeah, well, it gives them uh, gives them a chance to to get a little extra extra, you know, uh, notoriety. You don't get don't get quite like the you know the age statement necessarily for some of the. I mean, you, you can, but uh, at this point, it's a it's a way to say, look, this has all the fancy ones that you're not going to get anyway. Why not have them all at once? Yeah,
2: it's I don't know. I feel like you could use it in a a more marketing standpoint almost like if gonna do if they were doing blended bourbons and they were saying the source so that would be like you know slapping buffalo trace on like if they're sourcing some barrels from them and slapping that on the label as one of the sourced whiskeys it too would also become a sellout item
3: (laughs) sorry i'm still stuck in the heresy of blending bourbons
2: Look, I'm just saying that if you if you put that little label on there, people would just be like, "Nope," it says Buffalo Trace, got to buy it.
3: Say it has Pappy on there, they'd buy it. Now, yeah. Uh, tell, yeah,
2: tell tell me I'm Look, wrong, even if it's just a little bit.
3: It yeah, would work. you're not wrong. It's it's just I don't want I don't want you to be right.
2: <laughs> it, I mean, if there was a way for but them, that's
1: to... kind of where that's kind of where that's the exact process that Scotch went through or yeah. that Irish whiskey went through because. You, you had 10% of Buffalo Trace in there, and the other 90% was MGP. Yeah. And so not that MGP makes a bad product, but, I mean, it, you're literally just adding in some no-name whiskey yeah. into a little bit of good whiskey.
2: Yeah.
3: And, uh, honestly, I'm surprised MGP hasn't done something like this already.
2: But it's really, like, honestly, this exact thing is happening with the barrel selecting that um, Goose Island is doing yeah. with all the Bourbon County stuff now. Because every year now, they do a Weller series that's yeah. single barrel. Like, they take, I guess, whenever they buy the barrels from the barrel broker, and they like, dig through it and find Weller barrels and do, like, single, you know, like, instead of blending all the beers that were aging and all the barrels together, they're like, well, these are special, so... Uh, The the beer was only aged in Weller barrels, and they make sure to really put that forward on the label.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Next, we have a blended grain whiskey. So much like the single malt versus single grain, these whiskeys are made with a blend of single grain scotches from multiple distilleries. So they'll still retain much of the pot-stilled character and flavor, there are a number of recent examples of blenders who pur- will purchase single malt and single grain whiskies from reputable large scotch manufacturers and blend them on their own to create amazing expressions unavailable otherwise. These producers making blended malt and blended grain scotches are essentially developing products that are identical in quality to a large single malt producer, uh, but since they do not produce all of the distillate themselves they will miss out on the name of single malt. So, why is it that blended scotches have such a bad rap? Well, uh, I, I don't know if this is from Casey or from the, from their article, but it says I personally blame the Irish, specifically Irish inventor <laughs> named uh, Enos
2: Coffee. I, I want that clip from the Americans one. where they're replaying the, their spin on Gangs of New York. they're talking about like something that that drove them and they're like it was that it was all the hard work and a seething hatred of the irish (laughs) this one there are pretty much no
1: direct copy paste quotes so (laughs) uh, So literally looking the information up on my phone and then notepadding it so yeah um, i personally blame the irish
3: (laughs) you heard
2: it here uh Casey, Casey hates my people. He's anti-Irish. If you have Irish blood, he wants you to drown.
3: He does. It it would explain the number of times he's tried to hold my head underwater.
2: (laughs) Wow. That that went to a dark place very fast. It explains (laughs) the the sign hanging outside of his home. Irish need not apply.
3: Yeah.
0: Anywho, so (laughs) Coffee's credited with the invention of the coffee still. It is commonly referred to today as the column still this version of the still allowed distillations at a much higher and purer amount making whiskey which left behind the character of the malt and fermentation instead uh left the distiller with the purest of ethanol <laughs>
3: mm. Mm. only the purest of ethanol <laughs>
0: Uh, The inventions left uh, distilleries a couple options now. Either continue with the traditional and flavorful method of making whiskey or switch to this more cost-efficient while also less flavorful
3: version of alcohol production.
2: Look, we all love the pot still because of the old magic. (laughs) Uh, There's been some
3: magic in that old still that day.
2: (laughs) That old pot still. every, Every ding and crevice in it brings it character
3: scotchy the drunk man <laughs> jolly happy soul
2: that was probably He's a derogatory gotcha. song sung at some point have, probably have, have i brought it up on here uh, i found out that scotch tape is actually a derogatory thing towards scottish people about how like trying to say they were uh, cheap the, hmm. Like the brand of Scott, they would call it Scotch tape because you know, the what? Scotch immigrants would uh, try and keep broken things together longer because they couldn't afford new ones.
3: What, what
2: would they call what
1: about it? Scotch guards.
2: I mean, it's really the same <laughs> the, the principle. It's waterproofing your clothes.
3: I mean, I don't want to wash them again
2: look it could have that could have come from the fact that I've been there and watched Scottish people during like during and after a rainstorm. They don't use umbrellas they just kind of seamlessly go from walking in the rain to looking dry and perfect like it's just something about them they've mastered it they just know it where like as we're dumb American tourists are like wearing rain jackets and huddle under umbrellas. They're just, like, going past us in regular street clothes while it's pouring the rain, and suddenly it stops. And you can't tell they've been in the rain. <laughs> They're just moving along, hair's fine, everything's like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> yep. That's just not fair. Um,
3: <laughs> They're just taking a lot of weird turns.
0: That's, I mean, so, that tracks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> every yes. episode. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah. Anyway, so the result is what we have today. Neutral grain whiskey, also known as Everclear. Uh, If you add a little water to it, you can get something approximately like vodka. So uh, business-minded individuals who were looking to make their whiskeys cheaper would take 10 to 20% of single malt whiskey and mix it with 80 to 90% barrel-aged neutral grain whiskey or vodka. And use marketing to explain how it's a lighter, easier drinking, and cheaper beverage.
3: It was both a whiskey drink and a vodka drink. (laughs) Indeed. But it wasn't a cider
2: drink.
0: No. It was as far as you can get from it, probably. Um, Or a lager drink. Mm. By 1860, the definition of Scotch whiskey changed to allow the blending of malt and grain whiskeys. This push drove up the number of Scotch producers, leading to over 50 by the end of the 1800s. While we have had an episode on Johnny Walker, which you should go listen to, uh, we couldn't mention blended whiskey without bringing in his history. So in the early 1800s, Walker was a grocer in Scotland. He would purchase his whiskeys from multiple distilleries, and when he found ones that didn't match his expectations of quality, he would blend them to make his own flavor profile. So uh, it really took off the whole town. Uh, After his death, his heirs took the business to the next stage with expansion, inventing a square bottle to reduce breakage in the shipping process and producing uh, more than one hundred thousand bottles per year. By nineteen twenty, the brand was in one hundred twenty countries. It's actually a very interesting
3: episode. You should go check that out.
1: (laughs) Go check that one out.
3: It's uh yeah it's because. I don't know. Johnny Walker is like one of the bigger names in like it's it's the most recognizable name in Scotch, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh but they don't really make Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> at least not originally. Like they 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 just kinda, like we just kind of blend everything up here. It'll be all right.
2: They're they're just really the uh whiskey version of will it blend?
3: Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Will it blend, yeah. Well done.
1: Got to try that out in the blendmatic 5,000. (laughs) (sighs) So post-prohibition until the 1960s, blended scotches were the hottest item for the Hollywood elite. You can see this come through in the films and TV of the time and those that are really like harkening back to that time period. Cuddy Sark is one of those brands and its influence can be seen most notably in the movies that were released a little bit later. Raging Bull, and Goodfellows. So Cuddy Sark is one of those brands that focused primarily on the post-Prohibition U.S. market. Um, the brand was specifically invented to take on the U.S. smuggling markets in 1923, um, and then was especially successful once Prohibition had ended. It was created with blending grain whiskey in mind. So from the very beginning, they had plans to do the, the blending process. Um, making a cost-conscious decision to blend only a little malt whiskey into the mix and keep it light. The whiskey was even in space when Gordon Cooper smuggled a mini bottle of Cuddy Sark along with some cigarettes onto Mercury Nine.
2: Oh, that's a genius! Um, like to take some cigarettes <laughs> up into a high oxygen <laughs> uh, environment. Oh,
3: look. The early astronauts were very brave. They were not very smart. <laughs> They or, were, well, correction, yeah, they were not, yeah, they were not, they, they did not have the part of their brain that made them, you know, do a cost-benefit analysis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just like doing what they like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I mean, it, if you get a chance to watch the, uh, the kind of the new documentaries that are coming out about these guys, uh, a lot of it stems from, okay, these are really fast, I mean, they're the playboys of the time. Um, for many of them. And then you've got a few that were really conscious of the positions that they were in.
2: I now want to know if he actually, like, I want to know the outcome. Like, did he just smuggle the cigarettes on board? And then finally was like, oh yeah, I can't smoke these. (laughs) And there was like a Dale Gribble moment where he's just like sucking on unlit cigarettes to try and get something from it. I like to imagine he's up there
3: getting ready to get started because, like you know, they would have teams that would go up. He's getting ready to start it. Woman goes, "What are you doing? I'm just about to light up. One, where are you going to strike that? I can come on. Try to maneuver that in those gloves." Uh, uh." I see
2: it as basically, I want in my mind it plays out that our friend, uh, mutual friend, Patrick who has had several instances in his life where someone is about to do something stupid with a cigarette and blow people up. And he just like flies out of nowhere with like (laughs) the hand of God and slaps it out of their face and goes, no. (laughs) And one was his boss at the time who had a lit cigarette in his mouth. And had a the cap off of a gas tank and was getting ready to like get directly <laughs> over it looking down into it. <laughs> no. Another one was at a a gas leak God. and uh the volunteer fire department responded and one of like they were standing outside of it, you know, waiting to figure out what to do, and one of them was getting ready to try and light up <laughs> and <laughs> blow them all up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that I
1: need a cigarette to think about how we're going to deal with this one.
0: I just, I don't know. It's a I...
1: dangerous situation. We
3: need to think about it. We, we can't be too hasty. We need take our time and <laughs> think about this. <laughs> need me a cigarette? Helps me think.
0: <laughs> I'm saying that, like, I don't know. Maybe you should just not stop some people sometimes, because, like.
3: I, well, I'm when just... you're near the people, you need to stop them. You'll get yeah, caught I in know. the blast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Crossfire, you'll get caught up in the <laughs> self-preservation at that point.
2: Anyway, smoking in space, so, not a good idea. Smokes uh,
0: in space.
1: <laughs> Sorry. You really don't get a lot of of information or a lot of notoriety for single malt scotches um they didn't really have a place in the u.s market prior to the 1960s they were mostly seen in scotland of course but then also a little bit in the uk um, so not a ton outside of there it was around this time though that we started to see a shift in the 1960s that is uh with a number of people bringing um european travel for pleasure into their lives and stumbling upon these unavailable whiskies while in scotland um, I couldn't find anything that that said this, but one would assume that the brands would slowly begin to creep up in popularity with the U.S. market when they were seeing them overseas. Much how you know one of us may go somewhere and say, "Oh, that's so good, Iron Brew," for
2: example, and then <laughs> no one ever said that. Off.
0: That's never been said. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> I, I never said, "Oh, it's uh, amazing." I said, "Oh, God, you all have to, you know, put this curse into your lives." <laughs>
3: Well, I'm also. It's it's not just the people who went there. It's people who when they come back and they've smuggled in bottles. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, well, you, you should could, try this. You could bring it. Yeah.
1: So, uh, with these brands that started to creep up in popularity, Glenfiddich was actually first launched in the U.S. It wasn't the first, but it was first launched in the U.S. in 1963. So they were importing it in. Um, it was with this change the Scotch market began to change slowly. The hard to find bottles of single malts were becoming more sought after, and while they may not have been what most Americans reach for in the cabinet, and still to this day may not be, they were a special treat when available.
3: That is, so that, is that is pretty true for uh, for us. Like I don't always drink Scotch every day. What I do, it is a treat, special treat for me. Yes
1: go in, reach into that cabinet, pull out the scotch because it's a special day.
3: Or Mad Men so, was on.
1: Yeah, but that's true. That's true. Uh, and that was another example of of shows that have really pushed that time period. Um, Cuddy Sark was on Mad Men, mm-hmm. or used in Mad Men as a scotch. Americans' taste for blends is still present, but the single malts took over the limelight for about the last 30 to 40 years. Uh, most of the sales remain blends, but the highest-priced scotches are still probably going to be single malts with their ever increasing age statements that are out there. Um, we see ninety-seven
3: years. Yeah,
1: these, so, yeah. Well, that we've is, talked like, all about how old is that scotch?
2: What's the the oldest scotches we've we've seen on here? Like we've talked about, they
0: in the hundreds, isn't it? Like just, I don't think it's well, no,
2: not quite that, not commercially available, like not that went to be sold. Um, Oh, what did we have recently? We had like an eighty-year. Uh,
3: eighty-one. Eighty-one Mac- year, uh, McAllen. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's when I was saying ninety-seven. I knew it was it was under a hundred, and I was just trying to get somewhere in that upper. Yeah, upper we, echelon, but we haven't yeah.
2: hit hundred. I knew, a thought around eighty, so eighty-one year.
1: I feel like we have seen a century-old scotch. I don't know though.
3: I'm sure there's I there's so many crazy stories. Be well, because they're they're dating it, because like they they found those barrels, and then made you know got the scotch out of it. So it wasn't like you know it was a something that had been out in a bottle and sitting around for for that amount of time.
2: Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, unless a, it's like a vintage. It was in a yeah. barrel for eighty one years. <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> A certain point, it just doesn't taste good. Yeah, that's what I say. No, <laughs> there's a diminishing returns. I don't. I, I can't afford these insane scotches to figure out where the diminishing return is on them. I just know bourbon should never make it to the twelve year mark. <laughs> good lord, no!
3: I'm just picturing them going, tastes of wet wood. <laughs> <laughs>
1: liquid smoke flavoring.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) So, in an interesting twist, we're actually seeing more high-priced blends pop up in the market today. Um, This can be partially equated with a similar move to the craft bourbon and craft beer scene. Craft blenders today are selecting high-quality single malts and single-grain whiskeys from the traditional single malt producers. They may Mm. even purchase barrels from some dedicated distillers, which don't even make their own brands and just produce scotch for those looking to make more blends, uh, these are similar to what we see with MGP and rye and the bourbon markets. So there are producers out there that don't make their own, but they do have scotches that you can just, hey, I want to buy some. Okay, here you go, and make your own label. So. At the end of the day, producers like Compass Box may not be the largest or even have their own distilleries, but unlike producers like Johnny Walker, they will tend to blend fuller flavor and more nuanced whiskeys for a connoisseur's market. So that's kind of where we are in in blends as of today. It's a a really interesting change that we've seen with uh, with things going, okay, blends were the height of the market in the 60s, and then uh, sort of... You know, forty years ago, there was a big change where okay, we don't like blends as much. We like single malts, and then now we're going back to okay, blends are actually the coolest thing. So,
3: it's a real kind of tr- up
1: and down in that market.
3: The wheels and the trends go round and round, round and <laughs> round, round and round. Yeah. Uh, I uh, 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 the compass box thing is make me think. Uh, I had one I finished off actually not too long back that I'd had forever. Popped it open a while back and had some, but, uh, uh, our friend, uh, 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 Jim had recommended cause it was like, uh, it was a blended, but it was also like aged some in like sherry barrels. Mm-hmm. Mm, it was a he damn fun.
2: Jim is our evangelical compass box <laughs> voice. Like he,
3: have you heard the good word? Have you heard the good word? And like, uh, have you it, had it, the good blend? <laughs> uh it uh it led me to make kind of the choice i made today in terms of what i was uh picking up for for today's episode i could have like i was real tempted to go to go more pricey but i had difficulty justifying to myself spending seventy dollars mm. on on scotch i can't we'll, we'll get into it. we'll get into it in a second us
1: yeah. let's, let's go ahead speaking of what are you drinking <laughs>
3: Drink with me, friend. I know. Give me a look.
0: I was gonna do the other sound, but I still have to change the volume on it. I had because it was like so low before.
3: Do we? Do we need to? I'll let them go first. We'll, we we will we'll, we'll not break up tradition. Tradition.
2: Uh, yeah. So speaking of Compass Box, we are drinking uh, "Great King Street" by Compass Box. So this is a. I almost saw, uh. It's the label, so Great King Street is just like their blanket label for, um, I guess just a bunch of blends they did with liquor stores. I think primarily in the U.S. I don't know if they did it outside, but each one would be different per store. It'd be a different blend. So this was, or the Marion
3: Cask is really where yeah, the stores made it their own. So this yeah, and one, that's, uh, I think that's the one I I had a similar one, that's and that's the, what I was thinking of.
2: The Great King Street Artist Blend, uh, single marrying cask. So this one was selected by the Party Source. Uh,
3: the I, one this might be the.
2: That's where I got mine. Okay, it's delicious. Uh, so this was the marrying cask was Sherried marrying cask. Uh, bu- 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 married 18th of January 2017. Bottled 16th July 2018. This is cask number three. Uh, bottle uh, 270 bottles.
3: You may have from the exact same group that I got mine. Probably. Yeah, because, I, I think mean, we it, might have got that together. I finished mine off maybe a month or two ago, and
2: it is. It made me change my mind on uh, whiskeys or scotches to get people into scotch, and this became the one. I was like this, because before I was like monkey shoulders where you should typically start, to just start to work your way into what these flavors can be. And then I had this, and I was like, nope, this is where you need this is This is a flavor country, but not, you know, Lagavulin flavor country. <laughs> <laughs> You're not jumping into the deep end. It's
0: the Disneyland of flavor country. <laughs>
2: It's very much a here's here's a little bit of a tour of what Scotch can offer you in a in a single sip.
3: Well, I mean, my counterpoint to that would be Monkey Shoulder is a good training wheels. It yeah. is. It is. If you're getting into, if you're coming from like say Irish whiskey to monkey, sh- you know to Scotch.
0: That's funny. I was just about to say Monkey Shoulder is like the Irish whiskeys.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. like it is. It's smoother. It's it's got some flavor, but it is you know, it's not going to, like, you know, hit a lot of intensity. But I will say, remembering the the stuff you all had, it's so good.
1: And it looks like in the... at least in their standard blend of it, maybe not the the picks, the house picks, but at least in their standard blend, it's showing 55% of their Whiskey is single malt.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, not the um, not the standard ten to twenty percent
3: for sure. Yeah, it is. From what I remember, it's delicious, but it is approachable.
2: Very approachable. It's not you know very smooth. Nothing like an Isla or something like that coming into it. It's just like it. It it was hard for us. It was like oh, here comes a good Scotch, and it was like forget forget what you know about Scotch before you take a drink of this. It's not going to be that. All around delicious.
3: All right, nice. all right, Bob. So, before I get into what we're drink, before I'm drinking, uh, I I did put the last bit of that monkey shoulder uh, into into this glass. It is a nice, sweet little sip of a smooth, little oddly a little like citrus fruity. Hmm. Uh, uh, some some like uh, uh like toffee almost notes at the end of that. I haven't uh, I hadn't had that in a while, but just finishing it off. That's that's a very smooth, approachable, uh, good starter, good affordable uh, uh, scotch for the same price because it was the other option you could get from Compass Box. Glasgow blend. Uh, Glasgow blend. This is not approachable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, this, it's Glasgow. I mean, it's. Uh, it has on the label that uh, a statue with that always has the traffic cone on it. Oh, yeah. The does? traffic cone is on. Yes. <laughs> you, it's, yes. Like I saw that, and I went, "That's the most Glasgow thing I've ever seen in my
2: life." No, the, so the cone was off of his head a couple of weeks ago, and it became. I followed the oh crap. There's like there's a ah, there's a Twitter account or there's okay. I'll get this all together in my head. <laughs> there's a subreddit that's um, Glasgow Twitter or Scotland Twitter, and that pops up on there. Like if if the cone is off his head for more than an hour, there's like <laughs> an everyone's like in stirred into a panic. <laughs> everyone's like he's missing his hat he's missing his hat get the hat up there Uh, people have confirmed apparently that like the city officials have like a giant room just full of all the cones that they've taken (laughs) off of his head because they don't put them back out into use or anything they're like no we want to we try to reduce the amount of cones we use so they don't have more fuel to keep putting them on his head
3: just lean into it Accept the cone is part of the statue.
2: It's just so no one, like, no one ever, there's no pictures of anyone ever getting the cone on his head. <laughs> and it's a huge statue. This things, like, seriously, like, 20 feet tall. And everyone's like, how are they getting up there with, like, there's no pictures, no one ever catches anyone doing it, but some, like, every morning, there's a cone up there.
3: <laughs> Everyone in Glasgow has done it at some point, and they all know the blind spots. <laughs> uh, but this is, uh... <clears throat> Sorry, part of that went down the wrong way. Uh, uh, this is spicy and hot. Like it's got an alcohol burn that the other doesn't, and they are the exact same AB, uh, ABV. This just is just all. It's got a uh, have a little bit of smokiness, uh, but mostly it's just like a a a. Uh, it starts out a little spice, but it gets it just gets heat. It is it is. Kind of what I think of in scotch. Like, it's. What's a good way to put this? Um,
2: it's like the urinal at a uh, football stadium in Glasgow. Uh, uh,
3: it's a. Uh, uh, it does not. The first thing I had when I tried this earlier, the first thing it put me in the mind of, honestly, is Johnny Walker Red. Because Johnny Walker Red has a, a, a very. Has a a harsher flavor than, say, black. And I'm not saying, yeah, this is necessarily bad. I'm just saying that it is a. Uh, it put me in the mind of that in the terms of like you take a sip and you're like, oh, that's scotch. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, it. It hits what you kind of expect, uh, and it's you know not super, uh, uh super expensive. Like it's I don't think it's under forty, but it is. It's actually still pretty nice. Uh, but
1: One of the cool things about Compass Box specifically is you can actually go on their website and it'll tell you it – won't tell you the exact distilleries in some cases, but it'll tell you like – in this case, it's like, oh, there's a distillery near the town of Ovalor.
3: This does and have –
1: where 5% came from.
3: This does have on here uh, primarily aged in uh, – uh, uh, hmm. Oloroso sherry, uh, seasoned butts, yes. uh, American oak hogsheads, and ex bourbon barrels. Man. So I do like them having the statement about what 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 this has been aged in, uh, but it is is a good good bit of heat uh, out of out of my Scotch, which I can like sometimes. I'm I'm okay with it.
2: Makes you feel like you're keeping warm by the fire.
3: It does. It's not it's not like, you know, Lagavulin, but it's you know, it'll get you there. You're near
0: the campfire instead of in it.
3: Yeah. It's all it's all the segue
2: <laughs> into what what Casey's drinking and what he's doing.
1: Uh, yeah, by the campfire. Actually, no, I'm in the car now because the kids were having a meltdown, so oh. um I'm the called being in the cone
2: of silence. Ah, what? So, <laughs>
0: I was wondering where that
2: uh, <laughs> that bug went. He, yeah. he got quiet uh, all of a sudden.
1: He he took a moment uh, to himself. Um, I am having a cheap old scotch, uh, blended scotch. The Chivas Regal. I don't know. Chivas, 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 I
3: think Chivas, it's Chivas. Whatever. It is Chivas Regal. It, it is the cheapest and most successful ad campaign in Scotch history. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the cheapest hey, necessarily, but that? it is cheap. Oh, that they, they made oh, the yeah. exact same Scotch while uh, uh, that was like a well bottom shelf Scotch, and they just cha- they, uh, changed the name, changed the branding, didn't change any of the ingredients or yeah. how they make it, and they went, now it's called Shivas Regal. Tripled the price. Yes. Yes,
1: that's exactly where it's at. So I bought a tiny uh, kind of little airplane shooter of it, and that is what I had tonight. The twelve year old. Mm. Fancy. Yeah, in a real glass. I had an old uh rocks glass in the back of the car
3: because doesn't surprise you know, me a bit what
1: you find <laughs> what you find in the back of the car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I uh, pulled that out and was like, oh we're gonna have this in real glass.
3: No, uh, no solo cup, no solo <laughs> cup scotch for you.
1: No, I had a forty dollars bottle of wine at dinner, though <laughs> out of a solo cup.
2: I, I wanted to have been no. I wanted it to have been like you had a really cheap scotch and put it in a solo cup and it started like melting the bottom of the solo cup and it's like <laughs> oh. Uh, I usually camp so. as in. Uh, are, it was, you know, packing light. So it's like, oh, what are we drinking for this trip? It's like, well, I took a metal water bottle and all of my bottles of dark liquor that were getting near to the end, I just dumped them all together in here and we're going to drink from this for the weekend.
3: It's <laughs> oh, how you get hooch.
1: That's how you get bacon-flavored hooch.
2: Well, <sighs> it was, wasn't solely that. So it'd be that and then you'd cut it with ale 8 and Ugh. because yeah. you felt like dying, because that gets you through the weekend.
3: Give me, you needed something the... to juice you up while yeah. you were trying to get you something to calm you down.
1: Something worse than four loco. I think uh, it's in a
3: song. The the hillbilly eight ball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Quattro ball.
3: Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, today's episode was brought to you by Camp and Casey.
2: Camp and Casey. <laughs>
3: using sources found on his phone. I don't know what they were.
1: Yeah, that's about the way it is. All right, well, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com and follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv.
3: And you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you, could tap, you could tap Dance Out and Morse code a message to us. Uh, it will take a little longer to get to I us. I can
1: send smoke signals.
3: You can send smoke signals. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, or you can also use the feedback page on the website, you know, whatever. You do you.
2: All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, so you can catch us for. This is another thing where, like, the
3: pre-records always mess me up. (laughs) Uh, If you're listening in the podcast, it'll be a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, theoretically. Check us out another couple of weeks for the next actual live episode, as as far as I know.
2: read you just read the script.
0: I know it breaks me. I don't know what it is. Uh, Anyway, so another couple of weeks. Yep, good stuff. Uh, (laughs) The Next live episode. Also, remember to check out haveadrinkstore.com. I'm going to keep reiterating that because... Finally updated. There's stuff. <laughs> All right. Once stuff again, for you, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
3: I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker.
2: I'm Kate Sprites. We'll see you next time. Right, guys. Bye guys.
3: Bye. Like bookends.